Good morning, everyone. And a warm welcome to worship with Paisley St George's on Sunday, the 5th of September. In a change to the usual order of service, most of the intimations will be given after the children have gone out. But for just now, we stand to sing, wearing masks, and sit to pray. Brothers and sisters, equal in the eyes of God, gathered here together in this time and space where all are equal, you have taken your seat. Whether you are in your Sunday best or dressed down for the weekend, or even still in your night clothes at home, know that your presence brings delight. Come as we worship together. Let's worship God by standing, if able, to sing hymn 225, Summer Suns Are Glowing, hymn 225.
And now let's come before God in prayer. Let's pray. All-inclusive and ever-loving God, we praise and adore you. With you, there is no south or north, no east or west, no borders. You care for each one of us. You are a healing God who heals us wherever and whenever we need your touch, whether in body, mind, or spirit. And we have gathered in your presence to worship you, to offer you our praise and our prayers. We look upon you now, our hearts ablaze with love for you. We love you, Lord, and yet we let you down when we do not love others as we love ourselves, when we are unkind to one another, when we fail to speak out. Lord, through your Son's death and resurrection, we know we are forgiven, and we ask that through your Holy Spirit we would be able to follow your ways more closely. Hear us now as we pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning, boys and girls. Now let me see if I can remember your names. Oh, Alexander, Freya, Murray, and this is where I'm going to get muddled, I think. Joe? Ennis? Ah, yes! Got them all! <laughs> and Alison, sitting with them. It's good to see you. Do you notice anything different this morning? I'm not wearing my usual clothes. I'm being brave. I've got shorts and a t-shirt on. I thought I was going to have to put my jeans on because I thought it was too cold. And then I thought, do you know what? I'll just wear my shorts. What do you think? <laughs> okay. <laughs> do you like it? Oh, you're not sure? <laughs> is it my legs? <laughs> you just don't think I look right? Is that it? No, I think You think I look pretty good? Thank you, Murray. I like that. Is it just because you're used to seeing me dress differently? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it matter how I dress? No, it doesn't, does it? Why am I talking about this? Why am I talking about this? Because it really doesn't matter how we dress when we come to church. Because why does it not matter? Do you think it matters to God? Do you think it matters to Jesus? No. Do you think he loves us any more if we've got on posh clothes? You, you wondered maybe that a wee bit? Okay. No, do you think it matters if we've got on really scruffy clothes? Do you think he loves us any less? No. Jesus loves us just as we are. doesn't matter what we look like or how we dress or who we are. Jesus loves every one of us. Now, I've got my bag with me. What do you think might be in there? Ice cream? <laughs> I 
That's what you're going to say. No, no. Want to take it out? Do you know what it is? A band. A band. A band. Let me get it right. There you go. That's my collar. Does that look better? Does that look better? <laughs> my special iPad. I've got my iPad, yeah. Because oh, I can't do anything without my iPad. I know. So this, maybe I feel a wee bit better with my collar on as well. So, but what I want you to remember is that God loves each and every one of us. No matter how we dress, no matter what we look like, God loves us. So let's say a prayer together. Will we clasp our hands and close our eyes and say after me. Lord God, what we look like does not matter. What we wear does not matter. What we do and what we say does matter. You, Lord, are kind and love everybody. Please help us to practice doing good things like helping others and being kind to people. Help us to have fun at Sunday school. Amen. I'm going to sing now. We're going to sing hymn 351. Jesus' hands were kind hands. Oh, so it does. It says 315. I've got it as 351. Is it 351? It's, three, it's 351. Okay. I think the difficulty... Am I right in saying you put these hymns in from above so you're looking down? So it's reading things back to front, maybe, but well spotted. So it's 351, Jesus' hands were kind hands. have good fun at Sunday school and I'll see you next Sunday and next Sunday I'll probably be back to my normal clothes not promising just saying
And now we have the intimations. I thought it's not fair to make the youngsters sit through this great big long list of intimations. First of all, news from the pews. The first edition of the magazine is now ready for collection and distribution from the session house. Please check the numbers that you need and leave any spare copies in the box. And also, would you be kind enough to leave the envelopes in the box so they can be used again? We're trying to be as environmentally friendly as we can. Many of the organisations are now back meeting face to face. We also have new meetings taking place. The Lighthouse Club for primary twos to sixes will meet in the Outreach Centre every Thursday from 4pm till 5pm. The first meeting of the Connect Hub took place last Tuesday with tea and coffee during a short service of worship followed by a time of fellowship. And this will take place every second Tuesday from 1.30 till 3pm. All sections of the Boys Brigade have now started on Tuesdays and on Fridays here in Cossyside and all sections of guiding has also started along with various other things. So keep your eyes and ears open as things begin to start up again. And I'm sure we all pray God's blessings in all of the many parts of the body of St George's. Yesterday, the Outreach Centre was open for Doors Open Day. I believe that was a successful day and a big thank you to everyone who helped to make that a success, to those who went along to see inside the building there, to those who went along to help and to Stephen in particular for organising that. Thank you, Stephen. I'm hopeful that the printed order of service will be back in place shortly, but for now, these are all the intimations. So now let us turn to scripture, which will be read for us by Mary. Our first reading this morning is from James 2, starting at verse 1. My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in shabby, shabby clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, stand there or sit on the floor at my feet. Have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have insulted the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are slandering the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if, show, if you show favoritism, your sin are, are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking it. And from verse 14, what is good is it, 
What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but also has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Our second reading is from Mark 7, starting at verse 24. The faith of the Sino-Phoenician woman. Jesus left the place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by evil spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Greek born in Cilian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, such a, such a reply you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying in the, on the bed and the demon gone. The healing of a deaf and mute man. When Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of Deaconolipus, there some people brought him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged him to place his hand on the man. Then he took him aside, away from the crowd. Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spat and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Ephahiah, which means be opened. And at this the man's ears were opened. His tongue was loosened and he began to speak. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He's even made the deaf hear and the mute speak. Amen. Thank you, Mary. We continue in our worship with him 360. Jesus Christ is waiting, hymn 360.
This morning, Mary has read for us two passages from Scripture, both of which should make us think about who we are and how, in a way, our appearances can define who we are. But both Jesus and James in his letter challenge our thinking. I don't know how you feel about me standing here this morning in a pair of shorts, a t-shirt, and a pair of sandals with bare feet. I have no idea. It's probably all right now that I've talked to the children and you've heard about, you've heard the scripture read, but I wonder how you felt when I came into church and how you would feel if I dressed like this every week. For me, well, I'll be honest, it feels strange. It does feel strange. For I suspect that we all like to fit in, to be conventional, to be the same as others. Have you ever gone somewhere and got the dress code wrong? Mm. And be neither over or underdressed? I think from the little sounds I heard there that many of us have, and I think we'll know how uncomfortable we have felt when that happens. But really what matters is how people respond to you. For the folks around you can make you feel really welcome or just by a look, they can make you feel really out of place. And these days, as we know, image counts for a lot. Politicians have spin doctors to create the perfect photo opportunity whenever possible. Celebrities and stars have lifestyle gurus and the everyday man, woman or child in the street is encouraged to show the right labels on the clothes that they wear. In this modern Western world, it seems as if looks matter. And it seems to me as if what matters is that we all look the same. Look at the photographs, the selfies of young women, all wanting to look like their ideal role model from the media. Many willing to use tweakments to achieve their goal. Or they Photoshop their image for their Instagram feed. How does that make you feel? And yet, let me ask you this, and a wee bit different tack. Are there any places that technically you could go to, but for some reason you don't? And you don't because you feel that you wouldn't fit in? Could it be that posh restaurant and you don't feel that your etiquette is quite up to the mark? You might not use the right knife and fork for the right course. Or maybe it's a pub or a bar and for no other reason than they're just not places you're used to going to. Or maybe, maybe it's an age thing. There is a reason why, for example, some nightclubs had or certainly used to have oldies nights, singles nights and so on. For we do feel more comfortable with our own. And I'm just thinking, the Guild was rebranded, the Guild, and yet I still hear people talk about the Women's Guild. Well, it was the Women's Guild, but it's now the Guild and is open to all. Maybe it can be going into a church, how difficult it can feel if you don't know when to stand and when to sit. If the tradition is very different, we might feel that we don't belong and we won't fit in. 
I'm sure each one of us sitting here can think of a time and a place when, that, when we felt that way, when we felt uncomfortable, when we felt as if we didn't belong, as if we shouldn't be there. For most of us feel comfortable when we fit in. In this morning's gospel reading, Mark tells us of two people who felt that they weren't welcome. And for them, it was a lived reality. Neither of them was welcome in Israel because, well, because they were not Jewish. The woman was a Gentile, a non-Jew. And that was what defined her and made her not welcome. A Gentile and a woman. Jesus should not have spoken to her, but he did. He did. Jesus spoke to her. And she had clearly heard of Jesus and of his healing powers. This Syrophoenician woman came to find Jesus. She came to find him, to beg healing for her daughter. And it may be a bit tricky for us to understand all the ins and outs of what is to us that strange conversation that they had, the talk of feeding of the children's food to the dogs. But that's for another day. The result was that Jesus spoke to her and her daughter was healed. And the man, the man who was deaf, was also not a Jew. He came from Decapolis, the territory of the ten towns. Jesus speaks to him and touches him, and he too is healed. For religious and cultural barriers are no, bound, are no barrier to God's kingdom. And in the letter from James, James writes, you must never treat people in different ways according to their outward appearance. You must never treat people in different ways according to their outward appearance. I'm sure that most of us have heard that first impressions count and research has shown that it can take less than one second for a person to form an opinion of you based on your physical appearance, your body language, your attitude, your clothes, and your mannerisms. Judgments are so often made on first impressions on appearances. I remember hearing of a man who went into a Lake District church to worship on a Sunday morning. This gentleman was on a walking holiday and he was wearing his muddy boots and trousers, a t-shirt and fleece, and perhaps knowing the Lake District, a soaking wet walking jacket as well. I'm sure you get the picture. Well, as this man went into church, and as he worshipped, and as he left, nobody, nobody spoke to him. A week or two later, the same man was back in the same church. This time, everybody wanted to speak to him. The difference? He was dressed in his bishop's robes the second time. In a way, it was that story that prompted my dress this morning. But you all know me. Or most of you know me. You might think, but we're not like that. We're not like that. But think about this. A gong sounds in an Edinburgh corridor, a marble corridor. A fanfare of trumpets is heard from the courtyard outside. 
and the stately procession mounts the ancient staircase. All the great and the good of the land are there. The First Minister, the Provost with his golden chain, the Lord High Commissioner in 2021, none other than the second in line to the throne, Prince William, accompanied by the Royal Purse Bearer and a cast of characters who would not seem out of place in a Gilbert and Sullivan opera. Inside the Assembly Hall, there are more spaces than people, but those who are there rise to their feet to await the entry of the Mighty Ones. They turn and bow in a ritual, mutual gesture of homage, and the business of the week can begin. What is that business? Well, being the church, of course. Being the church, for that is how the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland starts, with all the pomp and circumstance that goes along with it. So being the church, the earthly representatives of a man who shunned and offended the powerful people of his day, who told the rich that they were unlikely to make it into heaven, who treated women and children, sick people and foreigners with respect and expected others to do the same, and who was notorious for the bad company that he kept. The Church of Scotland is a reforming church. Here in 2021, having had church as we knew it disrupted by COVID, we have much to think about, much to think about how we are church in this time and place. What should we hold on to? What should we let go? What matters? What doesn't matter? But as we know, it's so easy to make snap judgments. It's so easy to make snap judgments based on appearances. But each one of us, rich or poor, black or white, old or young, healthy or ill or differently abled, each one of us is made in the image of God. Each one of us is known and loved by God. And God calls us. God calls us to love one another. That is the purpose of loving Jesus, to enable us to love others. And I'm sure that when we heard of last week's airlifts from Kabul, we would have great feelings of sympathy for those who were fortunate enough to escape. And I know that great concern has been expressed for those left behind and just how they will be treated by the new Taliban government. However, by no means all who have fled or who are trying to flee have homes elsewhere. Many of them are Afghan nationals. The UK has announced plans to accept 20,000 Afghan refugees over the long term. The British government's Afghan citizen resettlement scheme will aim to allow 5,000 Afghanis to settle in the UK in the first year. I wonder how they will be treated. How they will be treated as outsiders in a strange land. The challenge will be to local communities as people settle to truly show that all are welcome here. And then as people continue to flee Afghanistan to neighbouring countries, those countries 
Countries like Pakistan, Iran may need support for the large numbers of refugees that they receive. General sympathy, generalised sympathy is one thing, active support is another. And I don't know how many of you read this story in yesterday's Herald, but I was moved to tears when I read in the Herald of the children who queued at the soup kitchen, the soup kitchen under the Helenman's umbrella in Glasgow. They queued for a hot dinner. This is our country. This is within 10, 15 miles of here. What can we do for people throughout the world? People throughout the world are in need of love and support. And there are lessons for us, for the folks who call ourselves Christians. And there are huge challenges for us. Huge challenges for us individually and for our church community. Huge challenges in today's message. Today's message of God's universal kingdom. God's kingdom for all people. Amen. We continue in our worship from the Little Blue Book, our praise book, formerly Stowbray Praise, and it will be relabeled as St. George's Praise. We're going to sing from it number 83, O Lord, all the world belongs to you. Number 83.
And now, as the choir sings the anthem, our offerings will be brought forward. And now let's dedicate our offerings. Let's pray. Living God, we have presented our gifts of money and now we need some words to go with them. The trouble is, you have made it very clear that words on their own is not enough and that money on its own has very little value in the kingdom of heaven. So Lord, we pray, may this money be used wisely to share your love with others. May our time and our talents be used to build your kingdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And now our prayers for others will be led by Mary. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the beautiful summer we have all enjoyed. Thank you for our church, Mary, our, our minister, the session clerk and his deputies, our organist, our office bearers, and all members for their commitment to your church, St. George's. We ask you to be with those who are ill, especially those fighting COVID. Give your strength to those who are going un undergoing treatment or waiting for an appointment. We remember those in care or those dependent on carers 
guide the hands of all doctors, nurses and carers who devote their skills to looking after others. Today, we remember those who mourn. Give them your strength to carry on with their lives. We thank you for our peaceful and plentiful land as we remember the millions of people in this world who are caught up in conflict and strife. Being with those who are affected by famine and flood, especially those in the United States after Hurricane Ida, remembers the leaders of this world to ensure the world peace is maintained and that they work, work towards a successful outcome in the fight against not only COVID, but the problems caused by global warming. We ask your blessings on our Queen, her ministers and our families, and we remember them in this moment of silence. We ask you to be with them wherever they are. May, they, may you be with us in the week ahead. Amen. Thank you, Mary. We close this morning's worship with hymn 562, Through the Love of God our Saviour, All Will Be Well. Hymn 562. Nurtured, loved and challenged, go in the beauty of God the Maker, go in the love of Jesus the Healer, go in the challenge of the Holy Spirit, go to love and to serve, 
and the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, rest and remain with each one of you and all those whom you love, today, tomorrow, and always. Thank you.